Chicas, live and underway here on ESPN Plus from the West Coast, Los Angeles, California, where at long last we have finally gotten rid of Hercules Gomez. Welcome into the studios <laughs> alongside Casey Keller and Mauricio Pedrosa. I'm Sebi Salazar. Great to have you with us. We didn't get rid of Herc. He's on a well-earned uh, vacation. Who's well filling earned? in on yeah, I think the guy works kind of okay, hard. Fair enough. He's got to put up with me half the time. He's oh, got to put up with you. Well, I forgot about that. Who's yes. filling in for Herc on uh, Ahora Nunca? No one. No one. No You're one. just carrying. It's a one-man show. <laughs> Ratings were never, never this good. Really? Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to let Herc know about that. Uh, we got lots coming up in this show. We've got an interview with Hector Herrera. I had a chance to speak with him from Washington, D.C., the MLS All-Star Game uh, last week. Some interesting comments, especially when it comes to Chucky Lozano and his future potentially joining LAFC and MLS. We've also got some transfer news, a new home for Raul Jimenez, and unless you've already seen the news, you won't believe uh, where Raul Jimenez ended up. But let's kick things off with some highlights from last night in a game that actually took place not far from here. AC Milan against Real Madrid. First real game for Christian Pulisic with AC Milan. There was a scrimmage against a Serie D team about 10 days ago. He started at the left wing spot, Casey. He was active early, as we see here. Yeah, very much so. I think after the first probably five, ten minutes, uh, AC Milan got into the match much more, and, and a lot of it came down that left-hand side with Christian and, and you know put some dangerous balls into the box and was combining well with his teammates. And I think that's really what you're looking to do is you're joining a new team. There's, a, there's some good expectation uh, behind you. And then just how quickly can you assimilate? How quickly can you be shown to contribute, be a team player as well and uh, clearly got a couple assists against the third division team and then got another one there off of the corner and 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 I thought he contributed really really well in that first half. Mal you were calling this game for yeah. ESPN Deportes. What'd you yeah, think we were next to each other in the yeah. booth. Oh yeah? yeah I was in one <laughs> in the other. Uh, what'd you think of the the Milan 11? Uh, well I think he looked confident and I, and I thought that was big when you're joining a new club and you want to prove yourself I think it all starts with being confident, and he looked so. And hey, he was playing Real Madrid. It's not like they right. were playing yeah. like a third. They weren't the third division, division team in the first game. Exactly. This was a little so bit of was, a step up. This yes. was Real Madrid, and yeah. I love the fact that he looked confident. It's gonna take some time for mm -hmm. him to adapt to his new teammates and also to the system, because under Pioli, and you know this yeah. better, yeah. Uh, that left wing is also required to cover a lot of mm -hmm. ground. Right. And this is just the second preseason game, uh, but I like what I saw. I like what I saw, and I think his qualities fit exactly what this uh, Milan team tries. So I think he looked overall okay. We're going to hear in just a second here from Rafael Leao. We know that that's the guy who's going to occupy that left sure. wing spot when everything's going according to Stefano Pioli's plan. So where then do you see Pulisic fit in? Because I would have liked last night to have seen him at the 10 or at a right wing. We didn't really get, we didn't get that, you yeah, know, because that's where I, he's going to be playing. Yeah, Adrian and I talked about that a little bit in the broadcast. was just like it was a shame that it would have been fun to see what the thought process mm -hmm. was behind if Liao had come on and Christian was still on the pitch, and then how would that look? Uh, we didn't see that, um, so we're still questioning, and I'm, uh, clearly there's more preseason matches to come where we will see that. But, uh, look, I think Christian can play centrally. He can play on the right. I think I don't think there's a real issue. I think even I think uh, I think Liao has, has even said something at some stage that better players at the club, better for everybody. And we'll figure out where that's going to what that's going to look like in the future. Yeah, this team lacked depth by the end of the season. And, and I think that that's what Christian is going to bring to the table. And I think there's a spot for him as a number 10. Mm -hmm. Brian Diaz is no longer there. He actually is now with Real Madrid. He's going back to Real Madrid. He was actually playing in that area. And I think Christian likes playing also as a number 10. Uh, there's a spot for him. Now, well, the question will he be... He has no problem playing on the right either. I mean, let's exactly. be honest. He's right-footed. So, I mean, he'd be able... Well, to he might have problem in terms of the competition, right? Because we got to talk about the other guys that AC Milan is bringing in. They're linked to Samuel Chukweze. That's a guy who, for me, is very Messias clearly... Is already from that right he has got side. hurt last night. He got night. hurt. Yeah, um, he got hurt. And then Ruben Loftus-Cheek is another guy that can play any one of those sure. three positions. I think he will be used more as a second-holding midfielder. Probably. Okay. And right. he even showed in that game Loftus-Cheek was able to get possession and run at a Real Madrid side as yeah. well and look dangerous. So, yeah, I think the depth is, is a key issue with AC Milan and bringing in more players because we all know what a team looks like from day one. By Christmas, it looks different. Yeah. 
And then by the end of the season, it looks different. So, But I, I think it's a, a real positive start for Christian in these first two games. Fans notice this. Should we make a big deal about it? He has had such issue with set pieces with the U.S. men's national team. And yet, and you can kind of understand why, they keep going back to him as the guy. Here we saw him, and clearly somebody said, hey, you're taking the corners today. Second one he takes, first one he takes, ends up perfectly for an assist. Well, and, and, and that's the key. It's about consistency. And at some stage, you're, you are going to get criticized if your service into the box isn't consistently good enough. It's hard enough to score off a set piece. And then if the service is terrible, it's really hard to score off a set piece. And there there was a couple good, good balls into the box, which was nice to see. Is he the guy going forward? I don't know. We'll have to see on how he how the consistency is through uh, through preseason, but anytime you can contribute, and it, and he's got he got two assists in the in the win against the third division team, great assist from the set piece that helps in that confidence with your new teammates, your coaches, your fans, and if you can do that early, it makes it that much easier. Anything else you would have wanted to see from him last night? Um, well, I think he tried some some one v ones that could have been a little more successful, but again, he was I mean. That was a tough game for Milan. Even though they started really, really well, he was not afraid of taking those chances. And I think that's going to be key for him. If he's not a consummate starter, right, which maybe that will be the case by the start of the season, then you have to take some risks. Whenever you have the ball ball, and you see the 1v1 situation, you got to go and attack. You got to be aggressive. It's not that he wasn't on Sunday night at the Rose Bowl, but whenever he has those chances, he's going to have to, to make the best out of those mm-hmm. because that's going to come at a, at, a, at a premium. And if he's able to prove himself that way, Ben Pioli, the manager, is going to have second thoughts. Should I start him? Should I put him on the bench? So then what it is is finding the balance because when you have that day where you just have the number of the guy marking you, mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy, right? Oh, I'm just skinning this guy every time I got the ball. But Again, you're playing Real Madrid. So the last thing you want to do, particularly as that match progressed and then Real Madrid had more and more possession, well, I'm going to show you how good I am, lose the ball, and now i got to defend for two minutes again. So it's finding that balance between taking somebody on in this situation and then saying, okay, the options aren't really good here. Let me step on the ball, keep possession, so then we don't have to defend for two or three minutes because nothing is going to upset your teammates more then you losing the ball a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and then Being now the we have, guy. And, yeah, the guy. and now we <laughs> have to defend for periods of this match. So uh, Christian Pulisic, then the third American to play for AC Milan, joins Serginio Dest and Aguchi Onye. Well, we actually had a chance earlier today to speak to a couple of Christian Pulisic's, well, not new teammates, but new co-workers. Let's call them sure. at AC Milan. One, uh, Rafael Leao, who of course plays his position. The other, the new Milan CEO. Giorgio Furlani. Let's listen into what they had to say about Pulisic joining the team. When a club brings in a lot of players who play maybe like a similar position to you, you mentioned Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Christian Pulisic, uh, they're linked to Samuel Chiquese right now. How do you feel about that as a player? No, I feel good. I feel good because this pushed me as well uh, to to make more and uh, some situations that the coach will maybe can put uh, Imagine Pulisic in my in my position, but in my head is he have quality to help the team to make the difference like me. So uh, I think it's important to have like uh, seamless players like high level, high quality, and uh, like this is more easy to not easy but uh, help us to 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 get trophies. I know you haven't been around him too much yet, just probably a few sessions, but yeah. what are your first impressions of Christian Pulisic and his game and what he's going to bring to the team? No, I like, I like him. I really like him. I like the players who don't, they, they, he don't have like afraid to get a ball and go one against one, one against two, one against three. I like this type of players. He's fast. Uh, he can shoot with the, right foot, the left foot, right foot. And uh, I, I really enjoy it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys have obviously taken an interest in some American players, Christian Pulisic. Mm-hmm. Walk me through the off-field part of kind of that decision. Because obviously on-field, Bioli likes him or he doesn't, he's going to have him or he's not going to have him. But from your other considerations, kind of what are you looking at? Yeah, so look, I'd say 90 plus percent is the on-field part. And what I mean by that is we signed Christian because we think he's a great player and he, he brings a lot. And the coach is happy, the staff is happy, and he's been with us sort of not even a couple weeks at this point, and his teammates are really happy. So, so that's number one, two, and three priority. 
um, I'd say AC Milan is is a global brand uh, in in soccer and sports, uh, and we like to sign players that are consistent and that have a global appeal. So that part comes in as well. But look, first and foremost, it's about how good of a player he is. I saw a tweet, I think, you know, a week after he signed that kind of described the immediate impact commercially of Christian Pulisic. That's no surprise to us here in the United States. Can you describe kind of what you guys saw internally when you signed Christian? Yeah. Soon after we signed him, we saw a big uptick in terms of interest in the U.S. So our e-commerce was became very U.S. focused. Um, I think of the AC Milan shirts we sold in the U.S. in the kind of week after he signed, 90 plus percent were 11 Pulisic. Um, and we, we definitely saw that spike and hopefully it'll continue. I'm sure it will. That interest carries with it kind of the other side of fandom, which is desperation if the player's not playing. Um, we saw it at Chelsea, and, and the club kind of bore a lot of the brunt of the anger of American fans. Is that at all a concern for you guys? Not really. Um, he's he's going to play with us. Uh, I think he got a bit unlucky um, at Chelsea, uh, but he's a great player. So he's going to play, and you know we really think he's going to do well, and it's going to be exciting. All right, so we heard there from his boss and one of his new teammates. Anything stand out to you, Casey? No, I, th I think it shows because, I mean, I was a part of the national team set up on the coaching side when, you know, Christians first started coming mm -hmm. through with the national team, and the talent was obvious. And clearly, you know, he played with some of these guys already. He's played against most of them. And then when you play with them week in, week out, or day in, day out, you're going to see that he's a very, very good player. And now it's just a case of making sure you do it consistently. And, and, and I agree that he was unlucky at, at Chelsea to a degree. Some injuries got in the way, some form, some, you know, the managerial marigold yeah. round. The, then this manager wants to bring in his own guys. And then you just start to really give yourself an opportunity, and then there's a setback. So I think what's, again, I think it's set up really well for Christian to do well, but first and foremost, he has to be fit and informed to be able to prove how good he is, and that's going to be the key. I love the question regarding the percentage of on the field, off mm. the yeah. field impact for Christian Pulisic, and I don't know if you saw this last night at the Rose Bowl, uh, it was clearly 90% Real Madrid fans yes. in that uh, oh, stadium. And, and, right? and then some. I was, yeah. so, but I was very curious to see the reaction from the American crowd the first moment Pulisic touched the ball. I, I wanted to see if there was a reaction. And there was none really? reaction no, no. whatsoever. Did you hear? Well, there was what? some booze. There was some booze when, yeah, he, when they called booze. his name. But, exactly. But, but you know that wasn't. You, you're thinking that was some L3 fans. In that was Sanchez yeah, definitely Jersey. some L3 fans. <laughs> because he was, sure. it was, it was 95% yeah, Real Madrid yeah, fans, yeah. but from what we saw, it was yeah. like 70% L3 fans on and, the stand. And it was Real Madrid fans that became Real Madrid fans when Hugo Sanchez exactly. was playing for exactly. Real Madrid. But and then, was, they've, uh, then their kids now are Real Madrid fans. So, yeah, that to me, that would have been a sign of respect. Because, oh, because Christian absolutely. knew that because that's of their rivalry. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. I think when I when I hear the interview there, when he says he's going to play, that gives me if I'm an, um, an American fan, a fan of Christian Pulisic, like a level of confidence. But there is there is yeah. the other side of this, Casey, which is, and I don't know that it matters in the football world, but it definitely matters to fans. There's a perception from non-American fans that American players get signed for the extracurricular stuff. And okay. that's something that I think Christian Pulisic did have to battle at Chelsea. Look, look, that and was, I don't know that he won't have yeah. to battle it here. Well, he will. In terms of perception. He, he will. Uh, but the only way you can change that perception is to play. And to play well. Mm -hmm. um, and to play well consistently. Look, look, that's the was, other word that got thrown in. It, it was a case at times, of course, when you saw a team sign a Japanese player or sign a Chinese player or something. There was always that idea, okay, we're going to sell a bunch of shirts, we're going to do this and that. But in the end, you're still judged on what you do on the field. The, the, the little bump by signing somebody does not trump the... Doesn't make it worthwhile. He's not, he's not good yeah. enough. Um, so in the end, there's still that thought process. Look, this guy is good enough. There's always a marketing component to everything. I don't care if you're an English player going to England, in, playing in England. Mm -hmm. There's still a marketing component to it. This is professional sports. That's part of the game. But you have to be good enough. And that is 
the number one criteria, and then everything else will come into place. Let's put it this way. This is no Chicharito to Real Madrid. <laughs> okay. That was a head-scratcher. Yes. And I've heard, I've heard from people that the main reason why Chicharito signed for Real Madrid, it was most, more of the business side of okay. it. This is not it. Christian Pulisic can, can really com- compete yes. for his spot. Absolutely. 100%. And become an important and a regular player for AC Milan. It's, it's on him right now. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's on him. Yep. The chance is there. It was, I mean, I even, I don't know who, who said that maybe his best shot was at coming back and playing Major League Soccer. That was Landon Donovan, was, yeah. All right, that was bad. Yes. That, <laughs> that was Landon Donovan, that was, that was a horrible take, yeah, yeah. right? Cause this, your, your job as an analyst is to be truthful, not, yeah. not, not toe the no, company line. No, I no, mean, no, so, no, no, yeah. no, that was yeah. a horrible, I'm sorry, but it was a yeah. horrible take. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a legit player. That yes. can truly play. He has proven at the highest yep. of levels in the Bundesliga. Whenever he got a shot, listen, when Chelsea won the Champions League, one of the more regular, impactful players on that field was Christian Pulisic. Yes. Correct. Then it was unlucky for him. Yeah. So this is a this is a, a near fresh start for him. Yes, the business side of it counts, but that's not the main reason. Yeah. Even though AC Milan is owned by Americans, right? But that's not the main reason why they signed him. Yeah, the CEO told us the coach wanted him, and we've now heard from Christian Pulisic, who said, I talked to Pioli, and that was a big part of the reason why I came. Go back to the Chelsea situation. I mean, even when they signed him, he was then loaned back... Yeah, for, we talked about it on this show. Mauricio Sarri, when they asked us, didn't even know who he was. Right. What was the transfer fee? 70? Like 60, 70 60, I think. Yeah. That's all yeah. you have to know. Depends on pounds or right. dollars. That's all you have to know. So, so it, was, it was, yeah, it was an unfortunate situation. And as I think as you get older in this game and you're more experienced, there's a little more due diligence on mm-hmm. what are the circumstances surrounding my movement to yep. your club. And clearly... There was a big part of that with Christian, and I think it, 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 it now, again, to your point, Mel, it's, it's on him. Yeah. It's, it's on, on him. him. Yeah. He's going to have the opportunity. He's got the backing of the club, of the manager, and now it's about staying fit and in form and contributing for your side. We don't have the details. I guess we'll have to wait for his next book, but apparently... He's turned down a lot of money and personal salary to make this move, so I think it shows. Well, he, he, he admitted that. Yeah. He, he knew to get out of Chelsea yep. and to, to seek uh, regular playing time, there was going to have to be some concession on that side. Now, what wouldn't surprise me is to make it happen that there's a component that Chelsea are paying to make up that mm. difference to, yeah, to, then, to, to, yeah. to, to, to help it happen. I've known many a player where that's been the case. All right, uh, come next season, we're hoping that Christian Pulisic will feature quite frequently in Run It Back, which is, of course, where we find all the goals scored by Mexican, American, Canadian internationals, CONCACAF folks uh, in Europe. How about this from Rokas Pukstas? You'll remember this name from the U.S. Under-20 World Cup team. He gets the game winner here for his team, Hajduk Split, against Dinamo Zagreb in the Croatian League. How about that finish, Case? Nothing wrong with that, you know. Again, it's about consistently contributing. Doesn't matter where you're at. It's about then moving forward and doing well for your side, and that's an excellent finish. And a young player like that, you get a shot, you got to make the best of it. Yeah. Big, big goal for that young man right there. All right, Manchester United against Wrexham is coming up on Tuesday from San Diego. You can watch on ESPN2 or right here on ESPN+. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Up next, League's Cup. Match day one. Good, bad, and the ugly. The good... This didn't take long in the production meeting. Lionel Messi's <laughs> debut with Inter Miami in a 2-1 victory over Cruz Azul. Of course, we got to see Lionel Messi's debut, his first touches, and then the free kick heard round the world. Casey couldn't have drawn it up any better, huh? Nope. Absolute. Where were you watching from? Uh, Hollywood script. Okay. Really good for Messi to okay. be able to contribute that quickly. Yeah. You know, clearly. Uh, is Inter Miami going to get the 50, 60 million a year back? But oh, are you kidding me? They got it back on night one. Uh, they got it. They got it back I, quick. I think you're you know, you see how many jerseys are selling around Miami. Everybody's well, walking around in pink after that. You better sell a lot of. You know how much 60 million costs for a jersey? But I'm just saying. they're selling them for 200 dollars a piece. <laughs> well, they're going to make it back quick. Look, it's 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 good that it 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 happens so quickly. Mm-hmm. Now the key again. I mean, we you you can continue to. to Hit the dead horse. Consistency. It's not about, here's a free kick in the first game. It's about now can Messi, can Busquets, could the list goes on. Alba, Suarez, whoever comes in. When MLS becomes 100% relevant, it's what every club is about. It's not about the individual. It's about the team yeah. winning. And can they now take... The buzz of Messi, the buzz of the other players coming in, selling some shirts, and turn it into winning. Because that is when you're relevant. They did it on night one, at least. You're not going to ask me what I was watching from? Where were you? Yeah, this is a type of moment where you say, I will always remember where I was when Messi did. Row three. You were there. Section 115, row three, seat eight. One of the few I will people always who got a remember that. ticket or credential. I cannot tell you that. Ah. I cannot tell you that. <laughs> I, I hear I, those credentials are tough to get. I'll, I'll tell well, you after the show. No, but I was, I was very, didn't, very you lucky. you invite Herc? <laughs> Herc was on the naughty Sh- list. Shall, <laughs> shall I say what happened? No. I he think left Miami early. He had, he had an access. He had, he, I mean, he had the same access that I was going to have, and he decided to go on vacation. That's why he's not uh, I mean, but, allegedly, allegedly. Um, back to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was special. It was a special night. Right. You can tell when the expectations are so high that it's really, really tough to meet those expectations. Absolutely. Expectations were met, not only because he played more minutes than we thought he was going to play. He looked committed. Yeah. He looked like he wanted to be there. And I posted something on on social that, yeah, there was some backlash, but it's social media, right? I said, Messi was never this happy at Paris Saint-Germain. With only 40 minutes played for Inter Miami, he was never this happy. He had a connection with some of the players. He even had the thought process by the end of the game to remember and dedicate his goal Mm -hmm. to his teammate that left the field injured. Mm. So I think that's one of the biggest elements that Casey was talking about. For this to be a successful experiment, first, number one, he has to be committed. I think he is. Not only because he scored the game winner, it was a walk-off, but you could tell that he wanted to win. It was not just, well, here I am, nice to meet you, this is going to be fun, let's see how it goes. No, I want to win. That's number one. But now, Major League Soccer, as a league, they cannot miss. Inter Miami, as a club, they cannot miss miss with Messi. This This is your one shot. To take the league, to take to take this club, and then take this league to another level. It's not going to get bigger than Messi. So you have to do everything the right way for this team to be relevant, important, and winning. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. I think for with everybody. the rebuild they're doing, they're doing that. They're not good. just bringing so in Messi. They're good. bringing in a, a supporting cast that can both attract interest, but also I think Casey make this team a lot better. Like you saw, I think we saw almost immediately the Busquets well, Messi impact. Well, you can't. They were pinging I mean, the ball around. We've never I mean, seen Inter Miami well, well, do that well, in their well, lives. Sure. That's 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 not that's. Impossible for them not to be better with those two gentlemen uh, joining the pitch. Now, again, go to Paris Saint-Germain. There's three, arguably, of the best players in the world playing together at a singular time, and they weren't as dominant as everybody thought they would be. There's more to a team sport than a couple individuals. And so uh, I just want to see the situation. Now, to your point with the commitment. 
every DP that has come to America with the pedigree of what a DP is you know, supposed to be, if they're committed, they're successful. Mm -hmm. If they come in thinking they can cruise and that it's going to be easy and it's a vacation league, you heard Wayne Rooney and his comments to yeah, Messi. Yeah. If you think you're going to come in and just cruise around, that's not what this league is. So if there's a commitment that you saw in that first game, then yes, they will be better. Now the question mark will be, will they be good enough to truly be competitive? Can they do what the Galaxy did when there was that commitment between Robbie Keane, mm -hmm. Beckham, Landon, and then the, the support cast and the way that they were then able to win championships? I think a lot has to do with also the manager, Tata Martino. Okay. Even though I was very critical of him during his tenure as a Mexican <laughs> national team manager, I think he's the right guy for that job. Not only because he knows Messi really well, Messi knows him really well. And Messi trusts Tata Martino. I think that's also very, very important. The role that he's going to play, not only changing tactics and directing the younger players on how to adapt to the superstars, I think because he knows the league and yep, he's been yeah. successful. He's Correct. been a champion in this league. Yep. So when you put all that together, and I, it's, it's, it's funny that you bring PSG because I also, when we were doing the, uh, the coverage in Miami, right, right after you left, mm -hmm. right? By the way, I had to pay some of your bills, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, I was saying, look, this, this looks like Paris Saint-Germain in pink and in, in, in black and pink, right? But I do believe that with the right manager, because PSG never really had the right manager for that kind of uh, trio that they had. Uh, I, I don't think one existed. Right. Agreed. That's the problem. There was, there were some, there were some issues. Someone there was that calling the shots, and that gonna, was Mbappé. Yeah, and nobody was going to be able to manage. Mbappé was calling the shots, and that was that, that was not healthy, right? Here, Tata Martino is going to call the shots, and Messi is okay with it. So. You, you truly think one. Messi's not calling the shots? Uh, the well, question it, mark is Messi going to allow somebody else to call I the shots? I think he will allow and Tata I, Martino and I, and if he to does, call the shots. Then, yeah, great. I honestly believe that, yeah. And another thing about Tata Martino, he's not just a good coach. He is a good recruiter for mm -hmm. MLS. He can bring guys here. He's already got one Paraguayan international. They're looking at a young Argentine. So, I mean, they're going to load this team up. It's not going to just be Just messy. don't break the rules, please, uh, Inter-Miami. Just don't break the rules. I or think just... they're going to be allowed to break the exactly. rules Exactly. Oh. <laughs> they may have just taken the hammer to the rule book, and we may never see the, the rule book again. All right, let's get uh, to the bad. Uh, the bad from League's Cup has to be penalties. Lots and lots of penalties. Six of the 15 games went to penalties, including Leon against Vancouver. 16 to 15, the final score in penalties. Casey, you're a goalie. This would have drove you mad, huh? Well, I mean, it depends. Or do on you the... love a good long shot? No, it just depends on the quality of the penalties. I mean, that's the that's the thing about it is, and then, yeah, you have those weird anomalies. I mean, I'm not a fan of penalties anyway. I mean, it's like, I think we all understand. We're all football fans. We're all soccer fans. We can deal with um, the tie. We don't, it's it's part <laughs> of the game. If there's a good tie, there's a bad tie, right? I mean, if you're on the road to Vancouver. And you come away with a point, and then you win at home. But what is home in this competition? That's exactly. It's the United States is what it is. To the ugly. Atlas beat New York City. FC won nothing on Sunday. But that's not the story. Afterwards, the Atlas Twitter account referenced what was actually a fake quote from a Nazi, if I have this correct, <laughs> to complain about a refereeing decision. The tweet stayed up for hours. In fact, it was up even earlier today, after Atlas themselves released a statement apologizing for the tweet. And again, just to remind everybody, this is a game that Atlas won, one to nothing over New York City FC. Mal, have you ever seen a W turn into an L faster? No, uh, and I was embarrassed by it. That was absolutely embarrassing. Um, this series matter, by the way. Mm -hmm. There are a few things that you cannot take lightly. And the fact that the community manager of the club decided that it was a good idea to bring up a Nazi quote on an event like this is, is embarrassing. And it should be punished heavily. Because at the end of the day, what, what's, what's your message? What, is, what, what are you saying? They, um, they tagged an inf a very popular influencer in Mexico 
who basically his previous tweet was saying, listen, this was this uh, NYCFC goal should have been allowed. It was not an offside. How does that how does that take you to a quote like that mm. and you actually feel it's okay? And what was even more saddening was the reaction from Atlas fans. Because it shows you how ignorant a tweet can lead up to and expose a lot of people. So there has to be a repercussion here. Major League Soccer, Liga MX should not take this lightly. And Alejandro Aragorri, the owner of the club, who also owns Santos, he has to come and give an explanation because tweets like this, posts like this, are not the sole idea by one community manager. Hmm. Someone at an upper level had to, had to green like that, and they thought it was okay. So uh, it was embarrassing. Embarrassing, and, and, and there, there should be consequences. I think we've all navigated this social media world now for a while. And I think it's been around for quite a while that you really don't quote Nazis. That that's kind of a, a, a starting point in your social media world, unless you are... Looking for trouble, almost. Look, yeah, right? and that's it. I mean, if I mean, look, we also know social media is all about the extremes trying to bring in some sort of conversation, and that's usually not what a club, a company, uh, somebody wants to do is bring in this extreme. So yeah, big mistake uh, needs to be addressed, and then basically never do it again. Exactly. League's Cup gets the great boost of the messy goal. And then at the end of the weekend, you're kind of you're brought down by this. All right, Casey, uh, we got to let you go. Thanks so much. You and I have Pleasure. an early road trip tomorrow That's it. to San Diego. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys are going to San Diego? San Diego. Yeah, I'm you going, going to San Diego? I'm, I'm calling the game for the Portes. Hop in the Who's car. Who's driving? I'm driving. Casey, in the convertible. I'll take No, I'm not bringing that. Convertible. Convertible. Ah, the convertible is in Seattle. I'm taking Sorry. my own car then. Sorry. All right, so we'll all be in San Diego then tomorrow as part of the tour of many European teams that are here in the United States. We'll also have some action for you Wednesday, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, between Arsenal and Barcelona. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, as we mentioned at the top of the show, I had a chance to speak with Hector Herrera from MLS All-Star Game in Washington, D.C. last week. Let's listen in. Cuéntame un poco de este honor de ser un All-Star del Major League Soccer. Para ti, ¿qué significa eso? Es un honor, como tú lo dices, ¿no? Un orgullo poder estar aquí y representar al, al Dynamo. Eh, y nada, contento de estar aquí, de poder disfrutar este tipo de eventos y... Y bueno, ilusionado también con el partido. Llegaste a esta liga con muchas expectativas, ¿no? Cuando llegaste, ¿creías que ibas a ser uno de los mejores jugadores de, de Major League Soccer? Obviamente uno siempre quiere, quiere ser el mejor, quiere, quiere destacar, quiere ser importante, que su equipo lo sea también, creo que eso es lo, lo más importante, para después en lo individual poder desa, destacar también, ¿no? La verdad, en ese momento me siento muy bien, me siento, me siento muy contento, feliz con lo que, con lo que estoy viviendo, con, con lo que el equipo está haciendo y eso creo que es lo más importante. Hablando de expectativas y el equipo, no creo que mucha gente vea a Houston teniendo mucho éxito esta temporada, pero ahí, ahí van más o menos bien. ¿Qué ha pasado ahí con Ben Olsen? Sí, yo creo que... Nada de expectativas, ¿no? Teníamos, tal vez eh, éramos eh, de los equipos menos, 
menos favoritos o, o así, ¿no? Es verdad que hoy, hoy en día nos hemos hecho fuertes en casa, fuera nos cuesta muchísimo, pero creo que estamos haciendo un buen trabajo, ¿no? En conjunto con Ben, con los jugadores, el staff. Eh, creo que la unión que hay dentro del grupo creo que ha sido una de las cosas importantes para el, para el buen trabajo que estamos haciendo. ¿Y cómo te sientes en lo individual? Obviamente ha sido un año complicado, difícil con el Mundial. ¿Qué tan difícil es llegar de un Mundial a la temporada de, de Major League Soccer? No, me siento muy bien, la verdad, porque eh, pude empezar el, el, la pretemporada con el equipo, pude conocer bien a mis compañeros de, desde, desde cero, a la gente que llegó nueva también. Eh, es verdad que hemos tenido muchísimos partidos, eh, la temporada todavía le queda, le queda bastante, pero me siento muy bien, físicamente me siento muy bien, eh, en el juego creo que estoy pasando por un buen momento y eso creo que es lo más importante para que pueda dar lo mejor de mí para el equipo. Obviamente viene un paro en lo que es la temporada de, de Major League Soccer para lo que es Leagues Cup, ¿no? MLS contra Liga MX. ¿Qué piensas de ese torneo? Creo que va a ser un, un lindo torneo, ¿no? Que ilusiona tanto a la Liga MX como a, como a nosotros, la MLS. El enfrentar a equipos de, de México que, que juegan muy bien, que, que hay rivalidad también en, entre, las dos, entre las dos ligas y va, eso va a generar crecimiento de ambas ligas, ¿no? A mí en lo personal me ilusiona mucho poder jugar contra equipos mexicanos y, y poder hacerles un buen partido, ¿no? ¿Y eso por qué? ¿Por qué cuando los mexicanos llegan a la MLS siempre les gusta ganar a los equipos de Liga MX? Como que traen algo extra para esos partidos, ¿no? Lo, lo vemos con Carlos Vela siempre. <risa> ya, porque es tu país, eh, eh, quieres demostrar, quieres... Eh, no sé, yo creo que es ese tipo de cosas, ¿no? Por ejemplo, a nosotros, a mí me ilusiona el poder pasar de fase porque me, me puede tocar jugar contra Pachuca, ¿no? Entonces es algo que también me ilusiona mucho. Eh, yo creo que ese, esas cosas de, de poder jugar contra equipos de tu país, ¿no? Lo que te hace y te motiva. Hablando de cosas importantes que vienen a Major League Soccer, la llegada de Lionel Messi. ¿Cómo viste ahí eh, lo de domingo cuando lo vimos por primera vez en una playera de, de Inter Miami? Lo dije hace un rato, ¿no? Creo que es el momento más importante de la liga que está viviendo. Eh, y, y bueno, eso es algo que ilusiona muchísimo a la liga, a los equipos, a los jugadores. Y sobre todo por el momento que está viviendo la liga, ¿no? El momento de, de crecimiento, la llegada de jugadores como Messi, Busquets, eso es, eso es algo muy importante para toda la liga. A ver, seguramente todos tus amigos del viejo continente ahí te, te mandaron un mensaje por WhatsApp. Ah, pues Messi va a MLS, yo también quiero. ¿Quién vas a traer a Houston? <risa> No, yo, yo traería a muchos, ¿no? Incluso hace rato venía hablando con, con un amigo, un muy buen amigo en, del Atlético, que es amigo de Tiago, ¿no? Por ejemplo, Correa. Y yo le decía, tienes que venir con, con nosotros. Eh, y dice, bueno, estaría bienvenido, no sé qué. Y con la llegada de, de Messi también mucha gente piensa o, o le ilusiona poder venir acá también, ¿no? ¿Aún te sientes parte de la selección? ¿Quieres seguir siendo parte de la selección? Sí, yo creo que siempre voy a ser parte de la selección, ¿no? Juegue o no, siempre voy a apoyar a la selección de, desde el lugar que me toque, ¿no? Ahora mismo me está tocando apoyarla desde mi casa o de, a través de, del teléfono, cosas así. Como mexicano eh, seré siempre un fan de la selección, ¿no? Aunque no juegue, creo que eso no, no se pierde, ¿no? Uno siempre quiere estar ahí, portar la camisa, pero a veces hay que, hay que aceptar el lugar de, del cual estás, ¿no? Esperemos que en un futuro pueda volver a vestir la camisa y poder hacer y poder ayudar desde dentro de la cancha. ¿Crees que jugando en MLS puedes hacer eso? ¿Puedes, ¿Crees que puedes regresar a la selección desde esta liga? No veo por qué no podría regresar, ¿no? Eh, creo que hoy en día paso por un buen momento y... Pienso que soy capaz de, de poder competir por un, por un lugar, ¿no? Eh, 
es verdad que a lo mejor la gente dice que, que estoy viejo, que ya tendría que darle oportunidad a los jóvenes, pero yo me siento bien, me siento, me siento contento, viejo los cerros que tienen 1200 años, ¿no? Yo me siento muy bien y creo que todavía podría, podría aportar mucho a la selección, ¿no? Tomaste una decisión muy importante a los treinta y pico años irte de Europa, regresar a MLS. Ahora estamos escuchando que es una posibilidad para Chucky Lozano a los 28 años regresar a MLS. ¿Cómo ves esa posibilidad? Eh, creo que son edades muy diferentes. ¿no? Eh, el, en lo personal no creo que vaya, que vaya a volver ¿no? porque... Cuando, cuando yo tomé la decisión hablamos y él me dijo ¿por qué te vas? y todavía puedes jugar en Europa y, y cosas así no eh, si decide venir creo que no va a ser una mala opción por, por el crecimiento que está teniendo la liga por lo que va a disfrutar el jugar acá lo, lo que va a disfrutar de la ciudad por el equipo que suena no pero yo en lo personal no, no creo que vaya a tomar esa decisión ¿no? Una última pregunta de la selección. ¿Cómo ves la posibilidad de Jimmy Lozano quedándose como el, el técnico? Yo lo, lo veo muy bien, ¿no? Porque hizo un gran trabajo ahora en la, en la Copa Oro. Eh, el equipo se veía contento, se veía unido. Y, y, la, y la conexión que hizo con la gente también. Eso creo que es algo muy importante, ¿no? La gente exigía o pidía mucho un técnico mexicano y ahora que él ha tenido las, la medalla olímpica, la ganó tercer lugar, que fue muy importante, y ahora ganó la Copa Oro, la, creo que se merece una oportunidad o, y la afición mexicana también lo ve bien, yo creo. ¿Por qué crees que es tan importante que el técnico sea mexicano? ¿O que ha tenido creo tanto que... impacto en este grupo? Por, yo creo que por la conexión que hay con la gente, ¿no? Eh, y yo siempre he dicho que a lo mejor él, la unión que hizo, para mí fue clave la unión que hizo en el grupo, ¿no? Se veía, el, el grupo se veía muy unido, se veía muy contento, eh, tenían otra dinámica, ¿no? Yo los, los, a lo mejor los, los seguía antes o hablaba con algunos y no estaban tan contentos, ¿no? Con lo que estaba pasando con antiguos entrenadores. Y ahora se les ve contentos, se les, se les ve felices y después dentro de la cancha se nota ¿no? esa, esa unión que tenían y esa, y esa alegría. ¿no? Y, y por ser mexicano yo creo que la gente está feliz. ¿no? As always, great to talk to Hector Herrera, now becoming a frequent contributor here yeah. on Football Americas. Mayo is still with us. Uh, you know Achache really well. What did you make of his comments about Chucky Lozano? I thought there was some, some insight there. That's right. Uh, well, it, it is very, very clear that they have had conversations regarding Chucky moving to U.S. and playing Major League Soccer. Now, I think the last part of what we heard regarding Chucky Lozano, I think is very, very telling. Because in the end, Hector Herrera is pretty much saying, I did it. You don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. I learned my lesson, which is disheartening, to be honest, because we kept saying, right, Hector Herrera, Major League Soccer will always be there for you, not just, just not yet. And this is what happened, right? He's not been considered for the Mexican national team any longer. I don't think that's the same for Chucky Lozano, different ages, different situations in their career. But I feel like, and, and reading between the lines, that if they had that conversation, mm -hmm. Hector Herrera probably told Chucky, not yet, bro. Yeah. Todavía no, amigo. If you can stay a couple of years more in Europe, do it so. The age is a, is a big difference here, right? Yeah. Chucky's 28, Achacho is 32. I think you can understand in terms of where Herrera was in his career, it makes a little bit more sense. What I found really interesting is the fact that Hector tells us that Chucky kind of questioned his decision at 32 to make the jump, which tells me that Chucky Lozano should then, if he is really thinking about this, be questioning his own decision at 28 much more. But I think it goes down to... Who really wants you, hmm. right? We know Napoli how many, doesn't, right? How many clubs are really interested in you? Are you surprised that there doesn't seem to be more? What we hear is Saudi. What we hear is Major League Soccer. We're not hearing anything from, from elsewhere in Europe. On I am, player. and, I, and I, I don't know if this has to do with the agents, hmm. with the manager trying to keep it low-key so that negotiations can actually move forward. Mm -hmm. But we know how Napoli operate, yep. right? De Laurentiis is, is a great owner. He's had success, 
but he's also very emotional. Yes, he's very public. Very public, yes. very passionate, and right now it feels like he wants Chucky Lozano yep. out of there. Yep. I don't know if he talked to Rudy Garcia, the new manager, and they came to the conclusion that, listen, at this moment, if we can, if we can get 10 to 15 million euros for Chucky Lozano, let's do it, right? His contract is expiring by the end of the 2024 season. So if he doesn't feel wanted anymore, mm -hmm. he has to take a step forward, but it all goes down again to how many other European clubs are interested in Chucky Lozano right now. And it is very interesting that you, you don't hear from yep. teams in Spain, teams in England that would be attracted by the chance of having a good, not a great, but yep. a good player like Lozano. Hector Herrera comes to Major League Soccer in 32, and he, he keeps his spot in the national team. Chucky at 28, if he came to Major League Soccer, would he be putting that spot in jeopardy? Because right now we're starting to see some other players step up in his positions with El Tri. Chucky Lozano can take a gap year and start for the Mexican National. Still. Start. Present day Chucky not Lozano. Being, not 2018 Chucky Lozano. Start for the Mexican mm. National. That's not, a, that's not a very good sign, huh? It is not, but I, I think it's very telling, right? Mm -hmm. But we saw what happened during the summer. Who are you going to start? Uriel Antuna? Is that a consummate starter for the Mexican National team? I mean, the answer to me at least is no. And you know how I feel yeah. regarding Uriel Antuna. Uh, Tecatito Corona. We don't know how he's going to look like coming back from that broken bone. Uh, Alexis Vega was also injured, mm -hmm. right? Orbelín Pineda looked good, but I still feel that Chucky Lozano is that different player that can really make a difference. Obviously, he has to play. That's, I mean, I'm obviously joking saying that even if he takes a gap year, he will start. But that's how important he is for this team. What about Hector Herrera? Does he have a future with the national team? I don't think so. Uh... Not see the claro, like that easy for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and it doesn't have to do with his quality right now or just the fact that he plays for Major League Soccer. Carlos Vela was being a superstar in Major League Soccer and everybody wanted him back uh, with the Mexican national team. Uh, but I think it had to do with the way he handled his situation when that controversy surrounding Miguel Ayun, Javier Hernandez, with that everything was going on. Uh, and I think, well, even though this was Diego Coca's selection of the squad, I think Jimmy Lozano, if he stays put, I think he's more aiming to having a younger team developing for the next three years. Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to start Hector Herrera over Luis Romo? Nope. Are you going to start Hector Herrera over Luis Chavez? Nope. The answer is no. He would be a veteran presence, experienced presence in that locker room. But again, I don't think that's just enough to call them up again and being a part of the national team. Yeah. I think there's a lot of guys that I would rather see. Not that are maybe better than him, but just at this point in their careers, um, I would rather see. I do disagree with him when he says that from MLS – he believes he can play his way back into the national team. I, that, to me, seems far-fetched at his age, playing for the Houston Dynamo, that that would lead to an inclusion in the national team based on where he is now. And you know what plays another big role in this? This is no joke. I, I, I totally mean this. When people down in Mexico, you know, you know executives listen mm -hmm. to the media, to the people. So whenever Carlos Vela was playing great, they all wanted Carlos Vela back in the Mexican national team. Even with Chicharito was scoring goals. We had the conversation yep. of Football Americas. Yep. Should he be back in the Mexican national team? Problem is, with this new TV agreement, nobody's watching Major League Soccer mm, in Mexico. That's a great point, yeah. Nobody's watching the league anymore. At least back in the day, you had ESPN. Everybody has ESPN. They all had access to the games. Nobody's watching Major League Soccer anymore, so nobody's going to be calling, asking for Hector Herrera to go back to the national team, and that's going to play against him. So he, has, he needs to have like this, like this spectacular season scoring, assisting. Mm -hmm. His team needs to be good in order for him to have another shot at being called up by Jimmy Lozano or whoever is in charge in the end. Hector Herrera, 33 years old, not 32. Oh, I, gave yeah. him, I gave him an extra year there. What about Raul Jimenez? Uh, his future no longer up in the air, although surprising where he's landing. That's right, he's staying in the Premier League, moving from Wolves to Fulham, the 32-year-old Mexican international joining Fulham for a reported fee of around $6 million. He totaled zero. 
Premier League goals last season for Wolves across 15 league games. He did, however, score three goals in the very important Carabao Cup. All right, Mal, let's put our optimistic L3 sunglasses yes. on yes, here. Yes, what yes, kind yes, of role yes, do yes. we expect Raul Jimenez at Fulham? I think you play. Fulham are losing a couple of good players to the Saudi League and to another mm -hmm. clubs. Uh, and honestly, this was completely, completely unexpected. Totally. I I'm thought, shocked. I, I'm shocked yeah. as well. I yeah. thought his time was over in Europe, and I saw him more coming back to Club America, Rayados, Tigres. Maybe whatever, MLS. Yeah. Maybe Major League Soccer. But this is the best news Raul Jimenez has, has received in a long, long yeah. time. Clearly, his time with Wolves was over. But hey, this is what happens. When you have a good agent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what happens when Georgie Mendes is your agent. And he has connections. And maybe someone owed him a favor. And he said, hey, listen, I got this guy who three years ago was one of the best number nines in the world. He was scoring a lot Surely the people Wolves. at Fulham have access to the internet. Surely they've seen the last three years now. What can they possibly expect from well, would, would you be surprised that... Listen, they need a penalty kick. This take. is a business that this is all about connections, mm -hmm. right? Someone made a right move, someone made a good funkle, and I'm very, very happy for Raul Jimenez because I'm totally for second chances. This would be like a third chance for Raul Jimenez to succeed at this level. And coming as unexpected as this is, uh, this is just his last call to have not only another shot at being successful in the Premier League, but also regaining his spot at the national team because when was the last time when we were having a conversation regarding the number nine for Mexico and we named Raul Jimenez? In any it's way other than to say, why is Tata still calling this guy up? It's, it's exactly. been a really long time. Why, why, why did he go to Qatar, right? If I were to ask you for a percentage, what percentage chance do you think this works out for him to such an extent that he rejoins the national team? Because that's how we would say that this would be a success. I have to be honest, as much love as I have for Raul Jimenez, it's been so long since he was even an international-level player. Forget a, a yeah. Premier League starting forward. I just I don't see that for him anymore since the accident. And I hate to say it, but I think it's pretty clear no, based on the statistics. No, it's just reality. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 I mean we, we hate the way things happen for, for Raul because he was, he was in his best moment, mm -hmm. right? He was scoring. He was being important for the club. The club was doing well. Then this accident with David Luiz happens, and he was never the same. Sadly, it was a bad, bad head injury. But I want to be optimistic. You know me. I'm an optimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge optimist. I'm going to give him a 50-50 chance. Wow. Really? 50-50 chance. Listen, he's a quality player. Mm -hmm. I think he lost a ton of confidence. Uh, ma manager, club, executives, maybe even teammates didn't trust him anymore at Wolves. So if he has now a manager that can trust in his qualities, in his abilities, his experience. Listen, you only need like a couple of good games and scoring, and then you're back at it. Your, your confidence is back, and you're still playing well. Listen, I give him a 50-50 shot just because I think the quality is there with Raul. I think the idea here is Alexander Mitrovic is probably going to the Saudi League, That's so they need happen. cover there. It's gonna yeah. be, he's going to be one of a few guys uh, that cover there, but it'll be interesting. We'll get to see him play alongside uh, Tim Reed. He played well, actually, last season. Yes, he did. You yeah. think of that team as a defensive stuff? No, no, no. They yep. play really, really, really well. Yeah, I think uh, certainly uh, overachieved based on what a lot of people thought they would accomplish in the Premier League. Let's get back to Liga Mekis and Luis Chavez, who is buying his way to Europe, quite literally. The 27-year-old has paid his own release clause in an attempt to leave Pachuca and Liga Mekis, his reported destination, Dynamo Moscow in Russia. Pachuca saying the offer from Russian football was not viable. Uh, now, this is crazy on a lot of fronts. You yes, have sir. a true understanding of kind of the inner workings of Mexican football. Uh, why is it taking so much for this player who's so good to get to the old continent. Well, he's a late bloomer, right? Mm -hmm. He had a great start of his career in Tijuana with Cholos, but then he was never mentioned at the national team level, not until Pachuca went into this great run of making it to the final twice, winning the trophy once, and him being a very, very important player for that club. Uh, and then Tata Martino calls him up, Hey, I'm going to give it to Tata. Hey, right? for once, for, all the, for, for all once. The I'm going to give it to Tata Martino right here. And he succeeded, and he was Mexico's best player in the, in the World Cup. No doubt about it. Um, but this is so, so complicated for me to understand. Not the fact that Pachuca could not get the deal done with a Russian club. I get it. Yes. I understand the political, social, economical situation. I get it. 
What I do not understand is that Pachuca was asking for 10 plus million dollars for the transfer fee. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to believe that Luis Chavez had 10 million dollars to buy out his contract so that he, he can now be a... a I saw a, a report fee? that it was $6 million. No well, way he paid that, right? So where did the money come from? Yeah. Somebody's got to explain that to me. I mean, I guess I have to give Pachuca some credit for allowing Luis Chavez to go his right. own way and make his dream of playing in Europe a reality. But where did the, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I bring this to the table, but I think it's important to know, where did the money come from? And I know this is not a Mexican player, but Victor Davila, who was playing for Leon, mm -hmm. also owned by the Martinez family, is right now under the same situation. He's going to play in Russia. He had to buy out his contract by himself. Where did the money come from? Mm. So that's all really complicated. I give Luis Chavez tons of credit because he had a massive offer from Rayados de Monterrey. He said no. We found the one Mexican twice. player that's not going to stay in Mexico, right? Hey, I, I give him a lot of credit, but I do wonder how that transaction uh, actually happened. Uh, and I wish him all the success. You have to adapt to a new league, different, different teammates, different coaches, different environment mm -hmm. for all that matter. And that's just going to make him a better player. But in the end, I wonder how all this happened because it's so, so strange. For a little context here, because of obviously the, the war in the Ukraine, U.S. banks won't accept money from Russia. So that's the reason why Pachuca really can't do this deal. But Luis Chavez on his own can go out and do it. Can I tell you why I'm disappointed? I would have thought he could do better than the Russian league. You don't think he's a better player than that? Yeah. Uh, again, Agents. Especially for a guy who now we know is going to go on a free. I mean, that to me would open up. I would think that would open up a lot of interest based on that's, what he did at the World but Cup I mean, alone. That's why I find it hard to believe that he's going on a free. Mm. Something had to happen so that he can actually move to Russia. Yes, he could have done better. Maybe another league would have been even more useful for him for his development as a player. Because, again, he's 28, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, where's his ceiling? I, don't, I, th I think he's close to his ceiling. But, again, it's a move. He's, he's, he's out of his comfort zone, and I give him credit for that. All right, we'll leave it on Luis Chavez here. Up next, we turn our attention to the U.S. women's national team and the World Cup. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, now time for a quick edition of Drippin' or Trippin'. We're talking post-game looks here and pre-game looks for the U.S. women's national team as they arrive to their World Cup opener. Very formal now. What do you think? We're, we're very formal on this edition of the show, too. I feel so underdressed right now. <laughs> I feel so bad. This is, oh, my God, so much Drippin'. Mm -hmm. I love this class style. And you know I'm a fashion icon somewhere in the world. Of course, yes. So no. my my voice here has some weight. Uh, this was very, very well done. I love everything about it. The shades. Wow. The suits. The details. Uh, no flaws. This is just perfect. Yep. Perfect. The four stars. I want one. My wife wants one. I, I have to get crest. one of those for my wife. This is a collab between Nike and Martina Rose. So uh, That's exactly what I thought. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. a huge Martina Rose fan. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, great. So a big drip in there for the U.S. women's Massive. national team yeah. as they pick up a win in the World Cup and very much a win 
in the off field as well. Plenty more on the Women's World Cup. Our next special Wednesday on ESPN2 streaming live on the ESPN app as well as we'll be with you in the lead up to the U.S. against Netherlands in group play. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Football Americas. For Mauricio Pedrosa, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Thanks so much for watching. Big show on Thursday, an exclusive interview with Borussia Dortmund's Gio Reyna. Don't miss it. We'll see you then.